episode 87 of Off Script with Trish Close. Intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today, I have Gary Kennedy, also known as Bruce. The shock. That's exactly. It. People actually call you that, huh? That's right. They do? Yep. So, obviously, you got that nickname because of Bruce the Shark from Finding Nemo. Exactly. And as people start listening to you talk, you're going to hear it. I mean, you could easily trick people. Well, I get a lot of people ask me to sit there and recite lines from it just to listen to it, especially for the kids. Of course. You know. Of course. Have you watched the movie? Finding oh, yeah. Nemo? When my kids were younger, we watched it okay. many, many times. Isn't it crazy when you movies like that, um, you go, didn't that just come out last year? And then you go back and look and see when it really did come out. And it was like a decade ago. It was longer than that, I think. It was, wasn't it like early 2000s? Probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have my phone down here with me. I would look it up. but um. Well, my girls are 25 and 22, and we used to watch it when they were young. So, Right. Crazy. I know. Okay. Anyways, uh, you work at Mercedes-Benz. Correct. Fancy. You're the general sales manager over there? That's right. Uh, what do you do? Sell cars? Sell cars, manage the inventory, um, look after people. Look after the customers as much as I can. Yeah. It was a little surprising to me when BMW and Mercedes popped up in Southern Oregon. I was thinking, like, really? Do people buy BMWs and Mercedes in Southern Oregon? They sure do. They do. They really do. There's a lot of them around. Because y'all are still in business and thriving. Yeah, we're doing well. Had a good start to the year and yeah, looking forward to more. What's the fanciest car right now on the Mercedes-Benz lot? Uh, well, the fanciest car Mercedes has is the Maybach. We don't have one actually here. Probably the fanciest one we got here is the S-Class. Okay. That's our largest four-door beautiful car. Did you say the Maybach? Maybach. Maybach. Yeah. Okay. Got to get your French going a little, a little German going a little bit here. Gotcha. Right. Get the See, spit. See, I don't even know what one it is. <laughs> get the spit going <laughs> in the back of your throat, right? That's right. Um, okay. Well, we'll talk <clears throat> about car. Do you, or do you have a thing for cars? Um... Yes or no. I love driving cars. Okay. I don't know much about them as mechanically and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. Some people like to work on them all day long. I just enjoy driving them. Okay. We'll get to that. Where are you from originally? Gary Kennedy? Australia. What? What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Australia are you from? So I've been a gypsy all my life. I started off in Victoria, La Trobe Valley, which is down the southern part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved up to Marimbula, which is on the south coast of New South Wales. When I was about four. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up from Levin onwards in Port Macquarie, which is up on the north coast of New South Wales. Okay. Why were you a gypsy? Parents moved around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then... You had to go with them. I'm, I'm, yeah. And I'm just, I don't know. I always seem to move on and What did your parents things. do? Um, well, my mom was a stay-at-home okay. mom for years and years and years. My mm-hmm. dad was a surveyor. A so, surveyor? Like yeah. of land? Yes. Okay. So, but he worked on what we would call the Department of Main Roads here, which he worked for the um, municipality in Australia, which is okay. a similar thing, or the county, and go out all over the county. And, and our county, which was a mis- probably 500,000 square miles, so, mm-hmm. uh, or even more than that, but he used to travel all over the place right. designing roads. Designing roads. Designing roads. Okay. So the job took you guys all over the country? Uh, no, not the job specifically. He ju- they just got better opportunities, and as the opportunities arose, they'd move with the uh, the chance to move on. For sure. Did he always design roads? Was that his job forever? He pretty much did that most of his life, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you grow up with siblings? Three other siblings. Three? That's a yeah. good-sized family. Yeah. two boys, two girls. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Well-balanced, you what, know. Very well-balanced. <laughs> Always have good like games because you could do boys versus girls. Where do you fall in this? We'll go with the word games. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you fall in the lineup? Number one. Oh, you're the oldest. Yes. Okay. So you were you ever in charge of taking care of the younger three? Uh, later on, yeah, okay. at times. Okay. Um, I don't remember the details much on that, but it's okay. At different times, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys get along? Did you get along? We all get along pretty good. We, I mean, we fought like any kids when we were younger. Sure. Yeah. Of course. But there's, there's uh, let's see, eight years between me and the youngest. So mm. Allison, who's the youngest, she, uh, very successful lady in Sydney, 
and um, her and I didn't know each other that well growing up because mm -hmm. by the time she reached the point where she was fun, I was leaving high school and heading off into the yeah. wild blue yonder. Yeah, you were done. Yeah. So um, growing up in Australia, what was that like? Uh, pretty awesome. I mean, I, I grew up on the beaches. Yeah. So I was always on the beach and surfing and swimming and having mm -hmm. fun, enjoying life. That's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. I've always heard there's like insane animals and creatures in Australia. <laughs> it's not as bad as everybody makes really? out. Really? Like, there's a lot of snakes, but you don't see them very often. Okay. There's a couple of spiders you've got to be aware of. There's um, some jellyfish they've got to be aware of, but they're only up on the northern parts of the country mainly. The jellyfish? Yeah. I mean, these are creatures that could potentially kill you. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, and some of these spiders are ginormous. There is some big ones over there, but they're not poisonous. Okay. They're, they're just little nasty, care. scary to look at. You like, know, like like this big. Yeah. Seriously. Oh yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then as far as the beaches go, I mean, these are gorgeous beaches in Australia. Oh, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The water is just beautiful blue colours. Um, in Port Macquarie, where I grew up, for instance. There is, there's a beach just on the other side of the river that goes for 11 miles of pure sand, mm -hmm. white sand, and if you see 10 people on that beach, it'd be a busy day. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been to Australia. Actually, a family member just came back from there, said he had an amazing time, absolutely right. incredible time there, uh, bucket list kind of adventures. Um, from what I understand, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing country. The people are absolutely amazing. Yes. It's not crowded, no? obviously. Mm -hmm. um, it is very expensive now. Is Com it? Compared to when I was growing up, um, you know, you, just to buy a house in the country town I came from is half a million to three quarters of a million dollars. Now, admittedly, that's Australian dollars. And if you do the conversion, it's still a lot of money. It's, yeah. Yeah, you've got to knock a hundred hundred and fifty thousand off that but okay it is an expensive place to live okay did you go to high school in australia i did okay port macquarie okay what yep. were you like in high school so so <laughs> <laughs> i did well in high school i um didn't break any crazy records or anything like that I did a lot of sports <laughs> but um i knew enough to get through and never was interested in going any further than mm -hmm. that and um never have done actually you are my second Australian to be on this podcast. All right. Did you know that? No. Okay. I interviewed Brie Boscov before. I think her last name is now Stock because she got married. Um, she's from Australia. And she would. Uh, she told me stories about in school playing netball. Netball. That, that, well, the girls played a lot of netball. We used to play a okay. lot of handball. Okay. Which yeah. was with a tennis ball and the quadrangle, which is the main square. The, the squares that were set up in the cement, we used to use them and play handball, which okay. was a game with a tennis ball, just hitting it like... With your hand? Yeah. Wow. That sounds like it takes a lot of coordination. It did, and we'd play for... I mean, every chance we got when lunch was out or early in the morning mm. or anything, we played just pretty much the whole time. Love it. So Bree was telling me... So netball's for the girls. Yeah, and it, there wasn't as much in the area that I lived in, but okay. the girls played a bit of netball. The guys is mainly handball. Interesting. Or down on the field playing soccer. Of course. Of course. With football. Aussie rules. Right. <laughs> awesome. So uh, when you graduate high school, what comes next for you? So I went to work in a bank in a small town of 800 people. Mm -hmm. and, in uh, Australia. In Australia. Mm -hmm. And I was there about a year and it just wasn't my gig. So I kind of packed up and... Got on a train and went down to Sydney. Okay. And what did you find in Sydney? Uh, initially, I worked in a, su a supermarket chain, mm -hmm. um, filling the uh, shelves at night or managing that, that section. Okay. And then um, when I was 19, I found this job at an electronics firm as a purchasing agent. Hmm. And to be honest, I didn't know much about it at that point. I was just a young kid trying to try different things. Sure. And uh, you know, got the got the job, and worked with them for five, six years before they transferred me to the USA. Interesting. So that's how you got to the U the US. That's how I got here. Okay. Is there 
is there a thing growing up in Australia, like, are there goals and dreams to get to America? Or for the most part, are Australians fairly happy where they are? Okay, so a lot of Australians <laughs> travel. Okay. okay. They don't necessarily have a goal to move to other part mm-hmm. of the world. And I didn't think I was going to be here for more than a couple of years, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But um, it is a big deal in Australia when you reach a certain age. And a lot of people do it before they go to college is to go traveling around the world for a year or two. Yes, Brie was telling me about that. Yes, yeah. very popular, especially Europe. America um, is seen as more of a sing- single destination, mm-hmm. whereas when you go to Europe, I mean, how many countries can you visit in a year? Right. And and all different types of places. You can sure. different, yeah, you know, Greece, mm-hmm. all the way through to, you know, some of the colder countries and that. But there's so many different things over there you can go and do and see. And back in our day, it was popular to go, a couple of people would go together. There's a place, or it used to be a place in um, England or Ireland, I can't remember, where you could go and buy and sell vehicles to travel around Europe. Really? Yeah, so you'd pick up a vehicle, travel around Europe for a year or two, and bring it back to the same place, sell it to the next yeah. the next group of travelers. Oh, that's and brilliant. Then, and then head back, yeah. Is that what you did? No, I never did that. I started working and kept working right through. Do you uh, regret not doing that? Part of me does. I still haven't been to Europe. Really? Yeah, it's the one place in the world I haven't been is mm-hmm. Europe. So is it for the most part everyone takes that year no, to travel? But it's it's just very popular. It's just popular, yeah. Okay. Uh, most people can't afford it. Um, it takes a lot of money and a lot of ability to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And look after yourself for two or three years. Sure. It's great you, if your parents could afford to help you out, but a lot of these people that even do it, at, back in those days, I don't know if it's as easy now, but mm-hmm. uh, they used to get jobs where they could and stop for a place and work for you know maybe six or eight weeks, three months, whatever. Right. So you're not just traveling and having fun. You're actually working and living yeah. in this community. I think Bree was saying that she actually went to Canada because she wanted trees and mountains. And so she went to Canada and was working there, like like doing. Yeah, well, I, I think even in even in the U.S. at the time, it was easier to get work without green cards and things mm-hmm. than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, did your girls get to do that, or were they were they? Born they there did a again? little bit of that. Okay. So my girls were born here. Okay. Um, their mother is Amer- a local American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, although I met her in San Jose, mm-hmm. she lives here. And my eldest daughter, Bronte, lives here, and Isabel lives up in Corvallis with her boyfriend. Okay. But um, we helped them out to go on a small trip to Europe uh, three years ago. That's nice. And they spent uh, about six weeks. They went to three or four different countries. It was kind of a compacted version of the old mm-hmm. Australian style. But we wanted them to get the chance to do that while they were young, and, and they had a blast. I bet. That's amazing. Um, so let's get back to, you started working right out of high school. I did. At a bank. And then you went to, you said a purchasing firm in Sydney? Yeah, well, that no, was electronics firm. Electronics, sorry. So I was in purchasing. Yes. And uh, it called Dick Smith Electronics, which was one of Australia's largest companies at the time, especially privately held. But um, and then as they grew and they were bought out by another bigger company, they'd looked at setting up a, a situation in the USA, mm-hmm. and I was one of a group selected to go over and do that. Interesting. So what kind of work is this? Like, So mail order electronics. Mail order? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a full catalog of products from computers and consumer mm-hmm. goods down a component level, okay. semiconductors, resistors, you name it. If you want to build your own electronics... We sold all the parts for that. Nerd stuff. Nerdy nerd stuff. Big yes. time. Big yes. time. N- stuff that I don't understand. I didn't understand that <laughs> great either. I, I, my job was purchasing it. Okay. <laughs> it was another one of those situations where I was kind of interested in, in the field, but never really truly involved. Mm-hmm. I was uh, My job was more going over to Asia and negotiating contracts and okay. buying the equipment that we sold in the stores. Awesome. And was a lot of the equipment Asian? Um, a certain portion of it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was back in the day when Europe, uh, sorry, Asia was becoming a bigger and bigger supplier yeah. to that industry as opposed to locally produced, whether it was in Australia or a lot of it used to come out of the US at the time. Well, and I'm assuming with electronics, you really have to stay ahead of the game because you old, do. old is bad. Yes. And in fact, once I got out of the industry, I'd toyed with going back at one point. Mm-hmm. But 
five years out of the electronics industry is a lifetime. It really is, right? Yeah. It, it's. I mean, I talked to people and I went back and, as I said, toyed with the idea of going back. And when I discovered how much all of a sudden I didn't know, it was like, yeah, maybe this is not as easy <laughs> as it sounds. I know. I mean, it's insane <laughs> just to think about... When you think about your first cell phone, the mobile phones, oh, yeah. for instance, you know, it's like a suitcase, essentially, <laughs> right? And now they're teeny tiny. And even now, today, in the news, I mean, they have flip phones now, like glass flip phones. Oh, yeah. You remember the flip cell phones? Yeah. Did you yeah. have one? Yeah. I did. I had a few, actually. So, yeah, there's like flip phones now, which is, I don't know, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. But I don't understand all of that stuff. Well, it was back in the day, too. I mean, but we remember, I don't know. Well, you're a bit young, but the car phones that were dedicated car phones, right? You couldn't take them anywhere with no. you. They were actually built into the car. Yeah. And then you had a, the bricks you used to carry around if you were really dedicated. Right, and they were ginormous. <laughs> just yeah, ginormous. It's like a cordless phone that you're carrying around. Um, so when was it that they decided they wanted to expand? Was it expanding the company? Yeah, it was taking opportunity to uh, expand into another country because the market was pretty saturated over mm-hmm. there. So the only way to grow was to move, and this was the natural place to come because Radio Shack, which is our equivalent, was already here. Okay. And so that was your competition. Yeah. Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Oh, everyone, do you remember the Radio Shacks? Yes. All the gadgets in the Radio Shack. That's right. So when what year is this that you move over here? 1985. 1985. Good Lord, Gary, that was forever ago. January 4th, 1985. And you've never been back, huh? No, I've been back. I mean, but not to live? I went back for two, twice for, okay. once Wrong. for four years, once for a year and a half. Okay. So, so 1985, where do they send you? Silicon Valley. Worked oh, boy. Right in the heart of it. Really? Oh, yeah. What was um, what was that like in 1985? It was a lot quieter than it is now. For uh, sure. The East Bay, while it was building up, was still fairly open. Mm-hmm. Um, the 101 freeway that drives goes down the west side of the bay was, I mean, from Palo Alto down was still the two lanes. Right. And we used to think it was a lot of traffic then. Now it's insane, even with the five or six lanes or whatever it is now. What's the little town right next to that? Is it Mountain View? Mountain View is where I lived. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mountain View is where uh, Shoreline Amphitheater is. Yes, many a concert I've been there. Same here. Yeah. I love Shoreline Amphitheater. Oh, it's awesome. Such a great venue. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about that. I'm ex- <laughs> I just got excited. So you, you, they send you to Silicon Valley. Yeah. And no one really lives in Silicon Valley, right? Not in the true heart of it. Exactly. I mean, there's a certain portion of it that, I mean, in fact, in 1983 when we did the preliminary um, trip over to just check a few things out, get introduced to vendors, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. We were driving, and of course we're in the electronics industry, it's the booming time, the 80s, and we're driving down uh, in Sunnyvale and those areas, mm-hmm. and it's like, there's National Semiconductor, there's ATM, there's... Yeah. I mean, it was, for us from Australia, it was like a big deal, all these huge companies that you've... It's like seeing celebrities. Yeah. It was. It was our mm-hmm. version of celebrities. Sure. So it was like, wow, you know. Well, I remember going to concerts there at um, at Shoreline, and you go, you're in Silicon Valley, or you drive through it or something. Right. Isn't there a Safeway, like, right in Silicon Valley? Oh, I've, I can't even I remember. There's remember. a lot of places there, yeah. <laughs> I just I mean, remember. The, the, to be fair, that you know, Mountain View and all these places are right around it. It's surrounded like by. Like minutes. Yeah. I mean, minutes away. Yes. Yeah. So maybe it was the Safeway in Mountain View. I don't know. But we would go to the Safeway and get all our, our snacks and our booze, right? For, right. For the concerts. That I'd was... never do that. Never. 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 No. <laughs> um, and then what, like, so you were just sort of naming off a few, but what companies did exist at ni- in 1985 that you remember seeing going, oh, <coughs> gosh, there's this? Excuse me. I mean, a- was Apple there? Well, Apple was there, but it was nowhere near as big no, as it is yes. now. Yeah. Um, Texas Instruments. Okay. Which was huge back then. Mm-hmm. Atari. Oh, Atari. You remember Atari games? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, they were big back then. Um, and... Yeah, no, I have to oh, keep in mind, this is, this is 85. Texas Instruments, those were the massive calculators, right? Well, they, they had a huge calculator business, but they also had uh, t- speak and spell or some mm-hmm. kid's toy yep. slash mm-hmm. training thing. 
that was hugely popular at the time. Okay. And they had several other um, games slash training. I, I don't remember what yeah. they were called anymore. How long are you here in Mountain View? I lived in Mountain View for five years, okay. but I didn't stay with a company for that long. I, I ended up going to an American mail order company. Mm -hmm. They asked me to come on board, and I did that, and that was about 88. Okay. So did you see a lot of changes just in the few years that you lived there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure. Well, the freeway that 101 we were talking about was expanded while I was there, mm -hmm. and, and the East Bay built up dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, I mean, and it was quick. It all happened over a number of, a really short quick. number of years. Really quick. And then it just kept going and yeah. going yeah. and going. Yeah. It's, it is funny. It is like seeing celebrities. I remember going to a concert and seeing Google yeah. and you just are like, oh my God, there's Google. That's the, yeah, that's so the Google wasn't even around no. then. Right. Yeah. When I first got there. Right. Yeah. Well, there was no, there was no internet. No. In 85. No. And, and while it was designed, uh, Back in the seventies, but it wasn't a publicly known no. entity in those exactly. days. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really come along in any sort of uh, volume till probably the mid to late nineties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, eighty-five. That's it. All starts to blur, you know. I, it really all. does. Uh, but yeah, eighty-five. That's like dinosaurs were still around, right? It's like yeah, well, a week or so before that, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was in eighty-five. To be fair, I was five years old. So I was just a little thing. So and I was 25, so. Okay. Yeah, I'd. Uh, Y'all can do the math. I was pretty successful at um, what I had done, which is how I got here. So I was pretty happy and yeah. proud of myself, you know. At 25, you're, yeah. you moved countries. You're, you're doing it. You're doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. So after this, do you go back or do you stay here? I stay here. What do you do next? Um, after after. So I, well, I, at, at electric. I worked for that second company for two or three years. That's when I met uh, the girl's mom. Okay. And that was at Electronics Trade Show in San Francisco. Mm. And um, a long story short, we'd stayed in the um, electronics industry, I did, till the early 90s. And then we wanted to raise our girls in a nicer area, mm -hmm. not necessarily in the city. Get it. So... That's when we started looking, and, and I was a little bit burnt out in the electronics industry. I was looking for something different. Mm -hmm. So we started looking around. We actually played with going to North Carolina hmm. or this area here. Okay. Very opposite. <laughs> they are very opposite. Um, and we end up coming up here. We came up here for a brief look around and liked the area and came up here. I thought I had a job lined up at the time. Yeah. It fell through at the last minute, but we were already up here, so. Oh man. Who knew you could find love at a trade show? I know. Right? Did she did she just fall in love with that Australian accent? Actually, that's exactly how she It doesn't hurt. So I was sitting there talking to somebody and she was at one of the trade booths and heard my voice. Really? And came over and started chatting because I was talking to her boss at the time, if I remember rightly. And then we all got together that night and Anyway. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Love it. Why Oregon? I mean, I know you were saying Oregon or North Carolina. Did you just, were you just looking for something a little well, bit Well, logistically, to be fair, um, it was easier. Well, sure. Yeah. But um, really liked the area. Mm -hmm. um, Where'd you uh, move to? Uh, like Medford, uh, Ashland? Medford, yeah. Medford, wow. I'm trying to think where the first house I was built. <laughs> it was on, uh, or over near the... Uh, Oh, can't even think of it now. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> the other side of town. Yeah, somewhere in Medford. Yeah. Um, I think it just it surprises me because I'm from South Carolina. I'd oh, never, okay. I've never heard. I'd never really even heard of Oregon. To be to be fair, I was like, what? Huh? I think I knew it was on the west coast somewhere, but I, I had show me a map. I need to see it on a right. map. Right. So I'm just surprised when people. I should Move remember you're from South Carolina. You told us that all the other night. It's okay. We, um, I know. Uh, we've actually run into each other always at wine places. I know. <laughs> Every so, single time. Right. So <laughs> we have shared bits and pieces of our story, but it's okay. I don't remember. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you move up to here. You move up to Medford and right. the job falls through. Yes. Okay. Was that a little heartbreaking? What do you do? I mean, it, it, you got to pay the bills. Yeah, but... Um, 
Overall, I'm a pretty positive person, so just forge ahead. You are so positive. I got a job at Lithia Toyota. Look at you. Yeah, and although I sat and looked them in the eye and said, yeah, I'm here for the long haul, I was thinking, you know, I'll get a real job here shortly. I'll just do this for a short you period. You liar. I lied, yes. Uh. But you know what? I, I ended up there for four years. I worked there another time for a couple of years, but... Here I am 20 years later, I'm still in the auto industry. That's crazy. I actually, I did that too um, in college. I <laughs> needed a job for the summer. I was in Vegas doing an internship. Right. And I needed a job. I needed some money. And I went to Chili's. Have you been to a Chili's restaurant? Yes. yes. I People may give me crap about this, but I, I love a good <laughs> Chili's. And I was a server and the guy asked, my boss was like, so are you going to go back to school or are you here for a while? And I totally lied and was like, no, nah, I'm going to be here for a while. And in three months, I was gone. You know, of all the people I've met in the auto industry, probably 80% never thought they were going to be there for long. And then they're there for a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a career like yeah. anything else. And you can, you can earn decent money. And most people are good people in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, I know it has a reputation from the days gone by. Which really was probably deserved, but it's, it's a lot different now than it used to be. Well, I think there is an image of a car salesman as being a little swarmy and douchey, you know? <laughs> there you go. I, it, <laughs> I know, it, and it's hard to get past that sometimes. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say this. I have purchased two cars from Lithia, right. and both salespeople that helped me were fabulous. Good. My only complaint, here's my only complaint. When you buy a car, and these are brand new cars that I bought. Right. Right? So it's a little bit of more of an investment. When you buy that car, and as soon as it's like it's done and the deal's made, I feel like I get forgotten. You shouldn't be, is the short answer to that. Right. Um, yeah. I, can I give you a good answer for that? Not yeah. really. Let's do it. Let's talk about but, cars. Like, the the follow-up should be consistent. Mm -hmm. Human people are human, mm -hmm. and I think, and even me, I've got to, I've got to stay on my my guys to to contact people and my girls. I don't have any girls working there in the sales department at the moment. I wish I did actually, but the, you get to um, with all good intentions to call everybody mm -hmm. in a certain period of time. Then reality sets in. You go sure. to do some calls, and the customer walks in. Things like that happen. For sure. Does that make it right? No. Mm -hmm. But reality does sometimes set in. That being said, if you can't contact somebody today, call them tomorrow or the next day, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it is. Sorry about my eyes. They're uh, a little dry, as you know. You have dry eye. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, you were saying that. It's just not bothering me at all. Awesome. And no one's, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> well, that's so exciting to hear. Okay, let's go. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but no, you bring up a good point, and I feel like – that is a big area where people get super frustrated. And I, I think, too, customers have to feel like they have to go in when they're going to buy a car and get really chesty because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to, like, yeah. they don't want to get taken. Yeah. And, well, I don't see so much of that now. I do see some of that. Right. I know exactly what you're saying. Right. Where you get probably happens more now because we got a fairly – solid base of people that know us now they know mm -hmm. that we, it's pretty easy to do business there but one thing you do get a lot of more now is people making really really low offers and it's not because customers are making low offers customers make really low offers especially if they're nervous about buying a car or they've they don't like buying cars mm -hmm. and and it's a natural part of negotiation because if you don't know what a good deal is just start low and it's actually a good strategy okay. i mean the lower you start, the books all tell you the lower you're going to finish. And that's the advice you have for people out there who are shopping. Yeah, for a car? and if and if you're especially if you're like a new car is simple, you know, if if you're uncomfortable and you and you feel like you can want to get an easy deal, just go in, ask for the manager if you want, and say, hey, can you show me the invoice and let's, I, I want you to make a little bit of money, but I want to make a good deal too. See that my that's my husband's strategy. 
when he buys cars, he, he's like, I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to do this back and forth. Right. I want to get, get a good deal, but I also want the guy who's spending all this time with us to make a little bit of cash too. Right. That's fair. Yeah. And it, I think nine times out of 10, everything goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably any of the dealerships the other time, it's a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. But my, part of my job as a manager when I go to meet customers, which I often do, is to read the customer and to find out what they prefer. Some people like the back and forth. Oh, yeah, it's a for game. Every, for everyone that hates it, there's somebody that loves it. Yeah. And if they don't get that, they feel like they haven't had a deal. <laughs> so that's part of our gig is to to kind of read the customer and, well, okay, what have I really got here? Yeah, those you people know? are nuts. Like, well, it's, It can be fun. It's a high for them, though, the I think. Bi- the big thing is to treat it like it's fun, to treat it like... It's not a war. Mm-hmm. We don't hate each other. Mm-hmm. We're just going to enjoy having fun. And usually you find those sort of people that are into negotiating. They'll sit there and crack jokes with you and laugh with you all day long because they know it's all part of the game. Mm. And, you, and you'll end up, everybody's happy. And then you got the people walking and say, look, I don't want to mess around. I just want to do this. So you've been in car sales for 20 years, you said? 20, uh, it's 22, 23 now. Wow. And you've moved around to dealerships, or did you have you stayed mostly at certain places? No, I moved. I've continued my gypsy ways. I was just gonna say that actually, you you pop around. I do because I left here um, and went to. I did a couple of years in Newport after being four or five years in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went over to New Hampshire for four years. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So then I went back to Australia for three and a half years. Then I came back here into the valley for two years, and I went back to Australia for health issues at that point, to mm-hmm. be fair. Um, and then when that was all wrapped up, I came back here, and I've been here since. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're like a vagabond. Gypsy, yeah. Yeah, total gypsy. Do you yeah. get bored? No. In fact, at this, the, the only reason I went back to Australia, like I said that last time, was because of the health issues. Sure. In, in all honesty, if that hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't have gone. Okay. Um, but before but, then, did you get bored? You get bored easily? I, I think that was part of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I've settled down and um, I'm enjoying it. I just want to settle my life out and do some more traveling. Go to Europe. Yes. Do it at the end of life. I didn't do it at the start of life. Yeah, and in fact, I'm surprised that you – I'm not surprised because it's what parents do, but you sent your girls there and you haven't been there yet. Oh, we kind of live vicariously through there for <laughs> six weeks, you know. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. So let's get back to car sales because this is kind of fascinating for me. <laughs> why do you think – why aren't there a lot of women in this field? Because I, like, I feel like they would make a killing. Let's put it this way. The women that make success in the business usually make very good success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because women tend to be more empathetic and and just relate to and read people better. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know the perfect answer. I would say at the end of the day, it's still a business. Sure. And maybe a, women are not as comfortable with being a, a little bit more aggressive about mm-hmm. – asking for a sale and, and getting the business. Um, we can sit here and argue all day about what port of, part of asking for a sale is aggressive and not aggressive. Yeah. But even the books will tell you that if you don't ask for the sale, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And some people just won't even ask. And you also have to, you can't be afraid of hearing no. You can't be afraid of hearing no, but you've, you've, you've got to be realistic in your expectations, I feel. Okay. Okay. You're not going to get every deal. If you don't get the deal, you want that person to leave as a friend because at the very least, if next time they're in the market for a car, you want them to come back and ask. And talk to you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, I have um, one of my very good friends who's now a veterinarian actually sold cars back kay. in the day. And she said she was highly successful at it. I, I believe very, it. very, very good at it. Yeah. And she's an easy person to talk to very sweet and I could see her just killing it well the people that do best tend to be very good at again what I was saying before mm-hmm. reading people customers yeah people yeah and if you can do that and, and again I think the ladies tend to be better at that than the guys mm-hmm. guys tend to be a little bit more gung-ho they will be successful <laughs> yeah, what a surprise yeah <laughs> never heard that before have you <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I could see, um, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, women are just better like, yeah. reading kind of that character. I mean, Matt and I, have, Matt's the owner, if you remember, but Matt mm -hmm. and I have talked about it many times, and we'd love to have more ladies in there, but sign me up. We we just can't get people to come in. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Come on down. I'll be I'll be the newest. There you go. Sales lady. I'll sell Mercedes Benz. Don't know jack about Mercedes Benz, but I'll sell them. There you go. Okay. See see that gung ho attitude I, I just know. gave you. I know. You do that. You'll be um, fine. Do you? Do you find it hard to sell Mercedes-Benz in this area? I have a feeling if people go to Mercedes, they're wanting a Mercedes. <laughs> like Yeah, the, probably the biggest issue in this area is, A, it's not a very big area, obviously. Right. I mean, there's, what, 80,000 people in the area, mm -hmm. the immediate area, a little mm -hmm. bit more if you go further mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a huge market, let's face it. Okay. Um, I, outside that, you do have, I hear it now and then still, as the odd person who is worried about the image of owning a Mercedes. And it's, What's the image? That it's a little hoity-toity? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I think that may have been true at one point in time, mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago. Um, realistically now, we're not even the most expensive cars out there. No, you are not. I've... I, Never ceases to amaze me the people that walk in. And I had a lady in a few weeks back and said, I was just over at Subaru and their car was more expensive than yours. Yeah. Now, I couldn't tell you what car that was. It was a few weeks ago and I don't remember in all mm -hmm. honesty. But And that doesn't happen all the time, but mm -hmm. we're right in there, competitive with most vehicles and brands these days. Oh, absolutely you are. Yeah. Um, speaking of this area and vehicles, I've also noticed there are quite a few Teslas there is quite a few Teslas. Coming into yeah. this region. So the electronic cars or electric cars, it's probably going to be a lot longer than people think before they become full-blown mainstream. Uh, a lot of the incentives to buy them are going away, the tax incentives. Mm -hmm. uh, you used, uh, I think it ended. It was either the end of last year or the end of this year, the $7,500 tax credit. Well, that's going away. Um, that, hurts. that doesn't mean that they won't continue to evolve. They will. Right. And Mercedes is bringing out a string of new electric cars in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. Really? Yeah, that will do the 200 miles per charge and all that fun stuff. Crazy. But they are more expensive and there's a, they are. a lot of people will still not be able to afford them. They ain't cheap. Yeah. That's, as if I understand it correctly, Tesla is essentially like you buy this car, but the software upgrades that come with it. You have the vehicle, it's like an iPhone. Oh, and yeah. then you can just upgrade the software when new software comes out. Mind-boggling. Well, okay, yeah, that's true to a certain degree, but even you, every car has software upgrades now. Okay. Because even if you're an internal combustion engine nowadays, mm -hmm. it's all run by computers. Yes, you and, are correct. And, and we continually have upgrades going on in all the computer systems. Mm -hmm. So Tesla, um, yes, they have more upgrades than probably we do, being all electric. But at the end of the day, it's the mechanics that is the large part of the performance. Mm -hmm. So it might fine-tune things. It might be a little bit different in performance, but it's more about the workings of everything in the car. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nerd talk right now. I know. Can you believe that? Car nerds. That's about as deep as I can get when it comes to the technicalities of it. It's, it's all good. <laughs> there, um, I actually, I do have a love of vehicles. I mean, just, I like, I think they're pretty. The really nice ones. There's, someone owns, I think, a Maserati in town. I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, there's a couple of them, but yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. And then, like, there's Porsches driving around. It's like, who? Where? There's a little bit of everything around here. There really is. Yeah. Like, where are we? Um, I like it, I though. I just passed a Ferrari this morning coming in. Yeah? Yeah. What color? Red. Of course. A... Of course. They do come in other colors, to be fair, but. They do. Yeah. yeah. I just questioned myself. I'm like, do they only come in red? No. Yeah. They no, they've, they've got a uh, bright yellow colors. Yellow. And yeah. I think they do whites and blacks as well. Beautiful. They're the four main colors. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. No, cars are fun. Um, yeah, they are. Fun. And you said you like to drive cars. I would rather, if I was going to the anywhere within reason, um, the Bay Area, Portland, Seattle, I'd rather drive than fly. Really? 
And by the time you mess around the airports and all that stuff, especially in winter or when mm-hmm. other things are going on, and I believe me, I've flown all over Asia and mm-hmm. America and back to Australia, of course, and that's a 15-hour flight, which is no fun. Blech. But um, I've done that all my life, but I've reached a point where I, I don't like to fly any more than I have to. Okay. What do you drive? I Mercedes, of surprisingly. Of course. <laughs> of course. Do you do the guys and do you, do you get to, like, drive a lot of the cars, like some of the new ones that, that come in? Well, we drive them at A in training. We drive them on test drives. We sure. we have to take cars out for a quick run every now and then, um, sp- especially if they're a hybrid-style car or something like mm-hmm. that. we got to keep the batteries charged uh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's better to drive it around and keep the get the whole thing charged through the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we drive them all. One of my favorite drives on the planet is 101. Oregon, it's a nice. California. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful drive. Especially uh, right through Santa Barbara. Have you yeah. done that? Yeah, I drove through there and stopped at Hearst Castle back in, wow, about 89. My mother was over from Australia. Hmm. And, uh, and we did that drive. It's it was, stunning. It's awesome. And there's parts of it, though, that are very scary. Yeah, well, we actually had a storm hit part partway through that drive, and it was a little. It was night for that part of the drive, uh, and it was a little, a little crazy. Yes. But yeah, because for anyone who has driven parts of 101, it's cliffy, narrow, yeah. two lanes. Yeah, once you get south of Big Sur, it's uh-huh. a little guardrail. <laughs> it's just like that's not going to save me. Exactly, that is not going to save me if if I crash. Fun. Well, so here's another. Another car sales irritant that I have. Why is it when you buy a vehicle and your salesperson is great, right? right? What can I do to get you into this car today? Which is my favorite line. What can I do? (laughs) What can I do to have you drive this car home today? Then why do you go to a different office where someone tells you all the things that can go wrong with this car and why you should invest more money in making sure that this car. Why do you go? Okay, so it's a lot of it's Why to does do that with, happen? So a lot of it's to do with legalities. Okay. Okay. Um, number one, you have to sign all the paperwork to actually own the car, which is all a major paper. pain in the ass. It is, but I get it. Over the years, a lot of that paperwork is a result of lawsuits and things like this and that and the other. One of sometimes or more often. Um, occasionally, that's not not all the time, but you get somebody say, I don't want to get any of that stuff in there, I want to do this, that. that's fine. You don't have to buy anything. But legally, we have to tell you about it. Legally, you as a dealership have to ask. Have to uh, or have to present. Present, okay. And ask the question. And here's why. Over the years, not me personally or dealers I've worked at, but it's, um, over the years, dealers across the country and all over the place, have been successfully sued Mm. for not presenting all the options to the customers. Man. So it's a catch-22. Legally, you have to do this. Socially, people may not like it. Right. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to let you know. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I can get on board with that. Maybe if they could just go... Sorry, I gotta, I gotta go through all this stuff with you. Yeah, I don't my, know. Uh, the, we'll the lady that does most of my finance, mm-hmm. uh, Julie, mm-hmm. she's awesome at that. She's pretty good at letting people know. You know, at least I can at least let you know that it's okay. there. And I've had actually, even when I was in, I was in finance for fifteen years, mm-hmm. and I've had people say, "Look, I don't want any of that. That's fine. Okay. Let me. I'm just gonna let you know that it's there." Right. Da 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 da. Right. And they say, "Oh, you know what? That actually sounds pretty good." Um, so, you know, you never know until you actually know what it is that you're being offered. Totally fair. Totally fair. It's just a gripe. I'm yeah. No, you believe me, you're I'm not the first the person. Yeah. You're not the first person. Oh, I'm, and I won't be the last. Nope. Um, what's the most expensive car at Mercedes-Benz right now? Well, we we just had a, um, a Formula One style street car okay. that was um, re- released and sold and... They only built, I want to say, 60 of them. Wow. But um, the people that showed interest 
they were passed onto the factory and the factory handled everything. Okay. So it was about 2.1 million, I think. For a car. For a car. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but you have to understand the, the people that buy that type of car, that 2.1 million to them is mm. equivalent of $100 to you or me. Right. You know, which, or maybe five bucks if we're having a bad week. You know, which tells me they have too much fortune. Just my opinion. If you can afford a $2.1 million vehicle, it's it's time to just stop. It's like Forrest Gump says, there's only so much fortune one person can have. The rest is for showing off. Right. So I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. Um, we're going to – I want to move on from cars because I want to get back to Australia. Right. And all of the wildfires, the bush – the Oh, yeah. Bush fires, I think they've, they've been called. We call them brush fires here, but – they're bushfires in Australia because... Because it's called the bush. The bush. Yeah. Right. We don't call it the forest or right? It's called the bush. The bush. Yeah. The, like, wildland yeah. is called the bush. Yeah. Okay. Um, these broke out... Do you know? Help me. It was last year. Well, it was... Yeah. Um, like this sept- all started about, like, I want to say mid to late October. Okay. So I, I'm pretty close. Somewhere okay. in there. Um, do you still have family? You still have family there? Yeah. Your sister, yeah. right? Or Well, no, my well, all three of my siblings are in Australia. Okay. My parents are in Australia. They're all still alive. Okay. Um Yeah, I know I got family all over the place, but nobody was directly affected. The most the closest was my sister Jan, who lives in the Canberra area and they got uh, in, approached pretty closely by mm-hmm. fires in the last few weeks. Did they have to evacuate? Uh I don't believe so, no. That's no, good. she's in um more in the center of, center of town. I mean, I'm assuming you've talked to family. What what did they say about? Uh, well, the biggest complaint I heard from people over there and family was, excuse me, the same as we had here a couple of years ago with all the fires. Smoke. The smoke. Yeah. You know, so it was crazy. And even on areas that are beach areas that normally wouldn't that wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. There was so many fires going that it was there was just smoke everywhere. God, and it's like talking to them. I'm sure you're going i can so relate well the home, my hometown i was telling you about port macquarie was surrounded by fires mm. now none of us live there anymore but that's where a lot of the population of koalas and that that's that's the scary part to me i mean every loss of life human life is bad news don't get me wrong absolutely but we're talking half a billion to a billion animals that's I, a scary number it literally makes my stomach hurt oh when, it's, I, when i think about that oh yeah and the pop- koala population has already got issues. Right. And they're talking eight to 10,000 koalas have been lost. Well, you know, they could be on the endangered species oh. listed just because of the fires alone. I know. It's so incredibly sad. The devastation, too, is... Oh, yeah. It just, you can't even define. Yeah. Um, now, there is a, there's a weird side note to this is that as, the Australian bush... Mm-hmm relies on fire to rejuvenate mm-hmm. same here yeah so it's a catch-22 mm-hmm. but it's the same as here it maybe has not been managed that well which is why it's burning so hard and fast and hot yeah so does it need it yes is it the right circumstances probably no right. the devastation is unbelievable um and the and the sheer volume of fire over there mm-hmm. i mean it's dwarfs what we saw in california of couple of times in recent years and yes incredibly dwarfs it yeah. and i think that's the same situation that we have here as far as management goes you know at hundreds thousands whatever years ago fires were natural phenomenons that just cleaned everything out and right rejuvenated as you said the forest and so the same thing while fire is good it's within reason right like yeah I mean, fire that absolutely devastates towns and homes and kills animals is not good, but the forest depends on that to well, rejuvenate I think, itself. I, I think they're only, I mean, I get the impression they're only just starting to realize in this day and age mm-hmm. what the indigenous cultures in these various countries used to do to encourage the, um, the preservation of the land right. and work with nature. And it's the same in Australia. There's actually a book written over there about how the Aboriginals actually prepped the land mm-hmm. to work around fires and make sure things happen at the right rate. Right. Um, was it 
was it the grand scheme of things? Probably no, because they're all tribal. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, I think people just had a better understanding of the land around them. They were smarter than we are, well, I think. In, in that, when it comes to that, yeah, yeah. we could argue that. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. But no, it is really sad to think about all of the animals that died in, in these oh, bushfires. Oh, it's scary. It's, I, I almost didn't even want to read it on the news because we would, we would show people bits and things, you know, in the five and six o'clock news. And right. I just don't even want to read it because it's just so sad. What, you know, and I get human life. Yes. Lots of human life were uh, lost in these fires, but just the number of kangaroos and koalas. Yeah. Ugh, it's well, really and, and, the, and the hard part is, you know, you look, you look at a kangaroo, they can run mm-hmm. and they're fast. Mm-hmm. The koalas are, are probably koala. overcome by smoke before they even know they're in danger oh it just makes me want to cry luckily you have seen some positive stories out there about these wildlife sanctuaries and rescues that they are seeming to take care you know they're trying to take care of animals that need it but i'm just really hoping that in fact on i don't know was your new cast the other day i usually watch your five o'clock or six o'clock when i can but um there was talk about a while, the koala sanctuary in Port Macquarie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my hometown. Aww. So that's kind of cool to see my hometown I on the bet. news, but not the right reason. Not the right reason. Yeah. And now your your country is seeing torrential flooding. I know. Can you believe it? I mean, it's what happens here. I mean, you've yeah. seen, I've seen you know we've seen fires that have devastated areas, and then. In comes crazy rain, exactly. and it puts the fires out, but then you've got landslides and flooding. Right. It's feast or famine. Yeah, exactly. We can't win. Well, I hope the parts of Australia that were hit really hard just get a break. They need a break. Well, they've got a break right now, hopefully. Uh, and it's getting towards the end of summer over there. Okay. So let's see. We're in, you know, by March it's starting to cool down quite a bit. Um, and April, of course, we're getting into fall. Uh, or you autumn, of, autumn as we call it over there. You say, of course, like, I, I don't know. It's the opposite, I'm assuming. It's the opposite, yes. Completely Which people opposite. have a hard time wrapping their heads around that. Totally, yeah. Especially at Christmas time, you know, when, when we're all getting together for Christmas and I'm used to sitting on the beach with cold cuts and hams and prawns, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, cold cuts? Yeah. Ha- ham and okay. you know, that type of thing. Okay. Um, I've, I've sat on a beach having a Christmas lunch before... And it's, you know, 110 degrees. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> I want... It's a little different when you come here and it's... I want cold <laughs> weather in December. Yeah. That would get... That would it be does seem more natural, I have to say. The cold weather? Yeah. Well, yeah. You think Christmas it, it, trees and... I think it, it, that's why it's more family-oriented here than it is... In, not to say it's not there, but it's just a bigger deal here. Christmas? Yeah. Well, the family aspect of it. Yeah. And I think it's because it's cold and everybody's indoors and together... Mm-hmm. Whereas over in Australia, they're out surfing and right. they're having a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, yeah you have to be indoors. You have to get along. Yes, exactly. 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 <laughs> um, and I'm going to wrap up a little bit, so we're going to get to the final three. But thank you for doing this. No problem at and all. And I, w- I do want to say, as I said, we've met up at certain wine right. spots around town. So you are a fan of wine. Yes, I am. Okay, good. Support those local wineries. Oh, absolutely. Um, did you get into wine in Australia at all? I did. Okay. There's I actually, wine country there too, right? There's wine country there. Um, I actually stopped drinking for 20 years. but uh, Why'd you do that? I was enjoying it a little bit too much. Oh, I hear you. And uh, now I'm old enough, wise enough, and smart enough, let's say, hopefully mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to enjoy wine without going crazy. <laughs> so I mainly just drink wine. I have the odd beer. I don't stick, stay away from the hard liquor and yeah. stuff like that. You know? Stay away from the hard stuff. Yeah, but there's some wonderful wineries around here. Wonderful. The wines are phenomenal. Yeah. You, are, you and I met at Irvine Roberts the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some great stuff over there. Every, every, I mean, I haven't been to really any winery in this region where I'm just like, Bleh, this is... No, and I'm a member of five wineries and I've been to multiple other ones and I and you're right. I mean, we've all got our different tastes in wine, whether it's I like a mm-hmm. Cabernet, somebody else likes a Pinot Gris or whatever. Yeah. But there's a wine for everybody in any of these wineries pretty much. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And even, even people who are like, oh, I just don't look like wine, I challenge them to go to a winery and taste because I guarantee you, you will find something that you like. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. All right. 
you've been a lot of fun. Well, thank you for having me. And if you, if people, uh, if you see Gary around town, call him Bruce. I That's do. right. I didn't know your name for a really long time. I was just like, Bruce. Yes. Okay, final three. I prepped you on these. Yeah. Best advice you've ever been given. So I thought about this, and I, to be honestly, there's no one piece of advice. My attitude on life, I feel very positive about life. I think it's the greatest thing in the world to just be alive. Mm-hmm. And I take that everywhere I go, and I got all that from my mother. Mm-hmm. She's an incredibly positive person. She's a bit of a gypsy like me. Mm-hmm. She travels a lot. She does not so much now because of her health, but she has traveled a lot over the years. And, and she was, she's what's made, she made me who I am, mm-hmm. for want of a better way to put it. No, that's a yeah. great way to put it. Yeah. Great way. I, too, am quite positive. I try to be. Uh, yep. Right? Yep. I've um, seen that. And even, even so much where people go, Something's wrong with you today. You're not as positive as you usually are. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's like the world came to an end and all of a sudden you don't walk here. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's that. But I strive to be that positive. So the days where I'm a little down, people actually notice it. And you're like, huh, that's a good sign, I think. It's well, like, I'm not I'm not an outwardly gregarious person or anything like that. But what? internally, I'm, I'm always thinking positive. And, I mean, I have my bad days. We all do. Mm-hmm. Like you said. And people are... I mean, I had an old girlfriend of mine. She'd get terrified when I had a bad day because she thought the world was coming to an end. It's mm. like, it's okay. I'm just a little get, down get, today. Because I'll bring myself out of it without any problem. Same here. But, um, yeah, it's just people who know me are not used to seeing it. Yeah. It's like, it just feels good to be positive. It feels good yeah. to smile. It feels good to be happy. I mean, it I'm... Fe- it feels good to go out in the sunshine and just look at the sun and absorb the energy and go, I love yes, it. Yes, do it just like this. Yeah. Um, I'm the girl in the bathroom when people walk in. I'm like, hi, that's me. That's me. Um, and people are just like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm in the bathroom. She's talking to me in the bathroom. <laughs> I know. What is this? It's so weird. <laughs> um, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, which you have before, uh, but what would you miss the most? What would bring you back here? Um, the, um, there's a lot to do for a small area in a small place. Mm-hmm. You know, the weather's great. Barring the smoke, I could do without that. Yeah, same. What a surprise. Uh, but it's just a nice, it's, it's a great feel to it. it. It's positive. Yeah. This is a super positive place to live. It, it is. And um, most of the people are super. Mm-hmm. I, I can't honestly sit here and say I've ran into anybody who's a total jerk or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, i got some wonderful people. I You know, at all the wineries, I go out and two or three times a week and just see friends at the wineries and just some of the people you meet there are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And all, and believe me, all walks of life. I know. You'd be surprised the people in this. I mean, I've literally run into rocket scientists and all sorts of people in this area. That's uh, the exact reason why, one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I just, I was running into all of these people that I just, I asked a couple questions and I heard their backstory and I'm like, I got, we got to talk. We yeah. got to talk for an hour in front of a couple of obnoxiously big microphones, and yeah. I need to hear somebody your story. else is a rocket scientist. Me, because I sound like Bruce. But you know, yeah, hey, yeah, you got to go with what you got. I've actually had—I think I've had a rocket scientist on this podcast before. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm going to go look. I think I have, and if I haven't, I need to have one. There you go. Moving on. Final meal, final drink. What would that look like, Bruce? So if I was in Australia, it would be a meat pie. A meat pie. Yep, but. Because I'm not in Australia, and I probably won't be when that happens, Okay. it would be a wonderful steak, medium mm. rare, cooked well, a good quality steak. With? Vegetables. And I mean, a glass of what? A glass of Cabernet. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we got to get back to meat pie. I've heard about this. <laughs> What's in a meat pie? Meat? <laughs> Stupid question. It, it's a, just a meat pie. It's a, How big? Sorry, like this big? About that big. Yeah, okay. It's like a pot pie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Vegetables? You can get them with vegetables, but the basic meat pie is just meat. And Red meat? Like ground beef? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah ground beef or it can be chunk, chunky meat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did your mom make these growing up? They're all over Australia. Everybody okay. makes them. Oh, okay. You can go to a if, Like if you go to a, not a McDonald's, but uh, any fast food place. You can get, get meat, meat pie. pie? Oh, yeah. All the bakeries make them. Oh, they're nice. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Just don't know what you're missing out on. I know. 
I need to maybe do some research on meat pie. <laughs> Make some meat pie. All right, Gary Kennedy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm going to send people to Mercedes. Talk to you. There you go. <laughs> Thanks a lot Absolutely, for anytime. being here. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And you can check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com and now on YouTube. One more time, Gary Kennedy, also known as Bruce. Thanks for being here. Thank you.